0: Whatever it is that we said we were gonna do, we did it. The way that you steward a giver is that you build trust. The way that you build credibility is through consistency. Quarter over quarter, you are updating your givers on what their giving went to. People are gonna be so hesitant to give if they gave and they don't see what it
1: went to. Hot tip, that whole five minutes, did you just <laughs> talked about that? That needs to be said. Pastor-turned-tech leader and a millennial churchgoer explore the intersection of technology, culture, and faith, equipping you with innovative strategies to support you as you live out your calling, lead your churches with confidence, and step into the future together. This is the Give It Up Podcast.
0: So, Zo, you just had a honeymoon. You just it's got married. It's true. I did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How was that?
1: We went to Hawaii. Okay. I felt like everyone Disney, did that there. Alani. True Okay, facts. you didn't just
0: go to Hawaii. This is, this is on another level. That's right. Disney, Alani. Listen. Like, <laughs> what?
1: It was the best. And you know how just the last episode you're talking about how millennials won experiences? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Okay,
0: what this was your favorite was thing about it?
1: Oh my God. Well, we went to three islands. Yep. We actually started in Kauai. Okay. Which? Jurassic Park? So we were going to go on a helicopter tour. Yeah. And then due to winds, they canceled it. Okay. Which honestly, I was like, Fine. I'm actually
0: glad you did it. Yes. That freaks me out.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I don't like, think well, our insurance it,
0: policy covers that. So,
1: <laughs> not sure. Yeah, but I, uh, hopefully, be we'll to go back for it. But here's yeah. the thing: Kauai yeah. was my husband's favorite place. Okay, and this is my hot take. I'm saying it now. In yeah. the next ten to fifteen years, Kauai is going to explode. Explode. Like population is okay, the volcano
0: is not exploding. No, just, no <laughs> volcanoes. Gonna, in terms of popularity. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: So there's only 100,000 people that live in Kauai.
0: Interesting. So it's like preserved.
1: And you feel like you're on your own island.
0: Okay. What was your favorite part?
1: So I would say Disney's was Disney is with Disney, Alani
0: Colina. Shout out to Oahu.
1: Yes. What big shout
0: out. a treasure. Let's give it up
1: for give Disney. Give it up. <laughs> Disney, Disney Alani Hawaii. First off, I love how they live. They're just like, you know what? We love nature. And we feel one with it. And it's amazing.
0: The hotel experience itself is a vision. Is a vision. Yes. Talk about visions. You had questions. Yes. About vision galas in the church context.
1: Exactly. I wanna dig into this because I used to work for a catering company. Okay. Just like on weekends. Yep. And we would cater galas oh, interesting. for nonprofits. Oh. And actually, this is this is a vivid memory for me. So
0: you would like bring out like the plates. I'd be like and... the hors d'oeuvre girl. Yeah. Yes. Oh,
1: yes. Correct.
0: Okay. Let's talk about the psychology of the hors d'oeuvre girl or guy. Yes. Like, are you interrupting conversations? Oh, for sure. Like, and then people don't actually take the napkin and then they're fumbling around. It's really awkward. I feel like.
1: It's super awkward because they have a drink in one hand. Yes. Yes. Where, where's the woman's cell phone? She doesn't have pockets. That's right. Then she's like holding three things in one hand. She's like, Thank you. Yes. But what I found is the best is if you shove the plate in first and then your head second, like, Boom. hey, would you like an order? You leave
0: you lead with the product.
1: Come on. <laughs> so good. Yes. But vision galas. I I did it from the opposite side. Yeah. And I actually remember thinking to myself and making a statement, I was like, you know what? One day I'm gonna be on the other side.
0: Hey. Of this. Awesome.
1: And I wanna be someone who's a big giver at a vision gala.
0: Right, right, right.
1: But I don't know. Any churches outside of yours that do Vision Galas. Interesting, okay. you are a huge proponent of it. So I want to hear all about it. Why should the church get into the Vision Gala principle as well?
0: Yeah, so good. I mean, shout out to my church, Vive Church. Shout out. Come on, got the merch on, Vive Army, reppin'. We do do a Vision Gala. We've been doing it for 10 years now. Dang. And it's just gotten better and better. It's one of- my favorite things that we do as a church. It's really an opportunity to gather all of our givers. Mm. Um, There is an entry fee. Uh, It is the price of admission, a price for dinner. It's so funny in the early days, people would ask, Vance, can I get a discount? Do you have any scholarships for the registration fee for the Vision Gala? And we would kindly say, this is probably not the night for you, because mm. it's going to be a lot more expensive than this $80 <laughs> wow. ticket um, You're going to be giving a lot more. If you than think that's a lot that. Um, and so it's all good. I mean, some people uh, it wasn't for them, and, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, the church at large is for them, mm-hmm. and there's always a place for people. But this night is very intentional. It's for people that are already givers. Okay. Um, it's people at our church that are considered kingdom builders. At our church, we actually say that if you've given more than $10,000 or are on pace to give more than $10,000 for that year, mm-hmm. you get an exclusive invitation to our Vision Gala, which is typically on a Friday night, and it's a nice event. Yeah, It's an hors d'oeuvre type of event. Yeah. Um, we, we get it catered and people dress up. And that was like a novelty 10 years ago when we introduced it in the Silicon Valley. Because if you know anything about the Silicon Valley, California, tech culture, people are wearing flip-flops to church. And so it was like a novelty. We have like software engineers. We have like product managers. We have designers coming in wearing a tux, wearing a tie, wearing a black suit, looking their best self, girls in cocktail dresses, gowns, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And for some people in our church, it's like, the one time a year they get to do that. What I love about that is you elevate the experience, right? You bring intentionality to the experience. You sacrifice the bit to pay for your dinner and you already have the mindset that this is a night of generosity. This is a night where I'm setting my sights towards celebrating all that we did the year before and looking forward to all we can do together for the year ahead. And that's- the brilliance of a vision gala. And that's what we've done for Vive Vision Gala for over 10 years now.
1: That's a, that, First off, that sounds so fun.
0: It's so fun. It's amazing.
1: Now, do you have any insight onto or into what percentage of your church is invited to that?
0: Yeah, so it, it's really interesting, right? There's this uh, thing called the Pareto Law. It's the 80-20 rule yeah. where 20% of most organizations account for 80% of the work, mm-hmm. right? And that actually is pretty similar in the church space okay. where 20% of an organization, a church, even if we were talking about charitable organizations, 20% of your top... Most active, most consistent givers is typically accounting for 80% of your budget. Crazy. And so, if I were to just create like one principle out there, not just for Vive, but for the church at large, it would probably be, you know, that top 10 to 20% of people that would be invited to a night like this. For the context of Vive, this night is 500 to 600 people in a room, it's electric. I mean, people that are already giving to the church means that they're bought in Mm -hmm. to the church. Yeah. And typically, you know, people that are giving in our context, you know, understanding the median income here and things like that, if you're giving over 10,000, it just simply means you're a tither. It just simply means that you're consistently giving um, 10% of your income to the local church and you get that invite for the Kingdom Builders Vision Gala. And when you get people that are already invested, that are already given. Yeah. The Bible says that where your treasure is, your heart is there. They're all in. Yeah. It's like all heart in that room. Mm-hmm. Already, just as people are entering, you can feel it. You can feel an atmosphere that is expectant, an atmosphere that is anticipating. Mm-hmm. And a pastor, a leader of a church can do so much in a room like that so, I encourage every pastor hey, if you haven't done a vision gala, if you haven't elevated an event like this within your church, it can be catalytic.
1: So, how would, because I don't have any context for this, you know, yeah, yeah. how would a pastor or a church staff find who those high capacity, high velocity donors are if they want to do something like this? Yeah,
0: I mean, you have to understand your data, okay. right? And I think that's one of the tragedies i've seen in churches is that the software that's underpinning giving data giving insights is either clunky hard to use um maybe the cfo or kind of the executive pastor knows how to navigate it with some training and some experience but typically the lead pastor um doesn't know how to navigate it how do we build tools in the software space yeah overflow is really committed to build these tools that even a lead pastor, and that's not disparaging, <laughs> like even a lead pastor um, can log in and, and understand the data. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really analyzing the data. And the way that I would do it is I would download or with the interface like Overflow, we make it super easy. And we identify those people. You can literally set a filter to year-to-date giving, and just literally do a pull, right? Mm. And see those people. I would also, honestly, maybe even pull a filter of people the, that are recurring in their giving. Uh, maybe they've put their tithe on recurring or you see a pattern yeah. of giving uh, their tithe. I would actually try to specify it to those people. We say at Vision Gala that if you're going to participate in the vision, it is not your tithe, right? And so if you're not yet a tither at the church, that's actually our next step for people Mm. at something like a vision gala is to encourage them to activate the tithe. That's first step, right? That's not even giving. Mm -hmm. What my faith informs me is that that's just returning. Yeah. That's just returning to God what's already his that he asked us to submit to him. So giving actually comes above and beyond the tithe. And so what the vision gala night is all about is actually inspiring people to give above and beyond the tithe that hopefully they're already committed to.
1: I think that mindset shift is so important. Mm. Because honestly, you know, we talked in the last episode how I tithe on a recurring basis. And I don't even consider it mine anymore. Interesting. But I know that I am very much alone on an island in that thinking. (laughs) Most people are like, oh my God, 10%.
0: Right, and I'm like, when you, no. When I you just, talk about people that are non-churchgoers, or even potentially churchgoers right? that don't yet have a revelation of the tithe,
1: exactly. Interesting. And so, I think that's a really great paradigm shift, and that finally gives language to what I've been feeling of like, no, it's not even mine, anyways. Yeah, I'm just giving it back, and then looking for other opportunities for generosity outside of it to yeah. actually give.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people view the tithe, especially if you're not churched. Um, and again, that's okay if you're not, but maybe if somehow you're listening to this and, uh, or even if you're a leader in a church and you want to contextualize it for your community, you will hear things. If I'm talking to a pastor right now, you definitely have heard things such as, oh, this is just a tax or this is a membership fee. (laughs) This is not a subscription people. (gasps) Right. Like we are not slanging Netflix subscriptions (gasps) out here in the church world (laughs) and the church is not taxing you. Yeah either um biblically speaking um you know and some people would say oh but we're under grace and you know you know we're under the new covenant biblically speaking the tithe actually became it actually came before the law the tithe the first tithe was through Abraham and Abraham gave it to the high priest after winning a battle and he was recognizing God in winning the battle, getting victory for that battle. And so was returning to God 10% of the spoils. Wow. Back in the day, when you won a war, when you won a battle, you got and you conquered the spoils of the one that you defeated. And yeah. he was recognizing that God gave him the victory. So if I want to recognize God in my life, I'm going to submit to him, but the Bible says the tithe. And then some people will say, well, I give 3%. Well, that's a thrithe. That's not a tithe because tithe literally biblically means 10, 10%. And so that came before the law came. And so it's pre-law, which means it's not the law. Also, yes, we are under new covenant. So if um, people are thinking, well, do I need a tithe to get into heaven? No, you're saved by grace through faith. It's not an entrance fee into heaven. Right. It's simply a recognition of God in your life. It's a God awareness. Mm. It's a practice in your life. I go to church not because it's required to go to heaven. I go to church because I want to recognize God in my life. I give up my tithes because I want to recognize God in my bank account, in my finances. I want him to be present. I want to invite him into that space. And so that's what the tithe is. Offerings vision, participating in capital campaigns is above and beyond what God has already instituted as a practice of the tithe. And so that's where generosity actually is. Generosity actually goes above and beyond the 10% of our income, practically speaking.
1: I really love that. And also hot tip for any pastors out there, that whole five minutes that you just talked (laughs) about that, that needs to be said. Yeah. It's you're giving already from victory, not giving out of sacrifice. Exactly. As much as, no, I already know what God has done for me.
0: Yes, yes. It's so interesting. We give by faith. Yes. Right? Um, and that's a faith to recognize that I understand that ultimately God is sovereign over all of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And I love what people say, like, oh, God owns cattle on a thousand hill. You know, that sentiment is cool, but God owns it. right? right, And then we're given a portion to steward. Mm -hmm. And the way that we steward that is really important. The parable of the talents says this, that if you return to God, something that he simply gave you, that is wicked and lazy. Mm. Maintenance is wicked and lazy. Dang. Growth, investment, working, everything that he's given you is good and faithful, right? Oh, wow. And so it's a different parad- paradigm shift in the kingdom. You know, I would say that if you're a pastor, I would almost make it a cultural mandate for team members. I'm not talking about just a regular member. I'm, I'm definitely not talking about new guests, but I'm yeah. talking about like people that has, have the revelation that this life is not about me. This life is about we, Mm -hmm. the people that have the revelation that I'm going to dedicate my Sunday and I'm going to serve because this life is not church attendance as the goal of why Jesus died for me. No, I'm, I'm talking about the people that have a revelation that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. So his purpose for my life is to also have the revelation that I'm here to serve. So I'm talking about if you are recruiting people to your team, I'll make it a cultural mandate for them to have the revelation of the tithe. Not because it's a requirement, but because as a team, we set a Mm precedent. And that is so important because I don't ever want to put a team member in our church in a position where they're a hypocrite. I don't ever want to put a team member, whether they're a parking lot attendant or uh, somebody serving hors d'oeuvres, or somebody seating somebody in the auditorium. I don't want to put anybody in a position where they are meant to help take somebody they have not been themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, and we're talking a lot about the tithe, we're really wanting to you know, talk about vision galas, but it's hard to put on a vision gala if there's not a core in your church to have a revelation of the tithe.
1: Yeah, I think that's, So powerful. And you mentioned the word stewardship, which is where I want to go next. Yeah. How do you steward high capacity donors? Mm. And do you have to steward them differently than say someone who is just a recurring, not just a, who is a recurring giver, but not to the tune of maybe others?
0: Yeah. When... We talk about how to develop relationships, uh, how to steward high capacity givers, consistent givers in your church. I think our human nature goes especially in America. we go to transactional mm-hmm. right We go yes. okay, you know, um, we're gonna systemize thank you cards and we're gonna make sure to um, really elevate and highlight you know yep. big giver. I'm here to say like sometimes big givers don't even like the fanfare mm-hmm. um, sometimes prefer. Uh, to, to kind of be in the background and, and things like that. And so kind of making this stewardship of givers transactional or even like set it and forget it and automated is not the way to steward your givers. Yeah. I'll say the most powerful way to steward givers, do what you said you were going to do.
1: Talk about
0: that. How does that play into the vision gala itself? We've done 10 plus vision galas now at Vive Church. And when I say they keep getting better and better, when I say generosity keeps getting bigger and bigger, when I say the sacrifice and the giving and the giving by faith and the stepping out in faith gets more and more inspirational within our community is because before we make an ask, Mm -hmm. before we make an invitation to partner in next year's vision- Yeah, yeah. We celebrate all that we did from last year's vision. Mm. Every single year, we've done what we said we were going to do. Whether it's three initiatives, five initiatives, whether it's starting a new location or buying a building or building a kids ministry or investing in VoxGen, which is our youth ministry, whatever it is that we said we were going to do, we did it. The way that you steward a giver is that you build trust. Mm. The way that you build credibility is through consistency. Is that year by year, quarter over quarter, you are updating your givers on what their giving went to, Mm. right? Yeah. People are going to be so much more hesitant to give if they gave and they don't see what it went to, right? For sure. And so- we've seen compounding effects of just doing what we said we're going to do. And that's partly why, I mean, you got the ingredients of people having a revelation of the tithe in the room. You have the ingredients of people getting so amped up about celebrating all God did Mm -hmm. last year. That creates this momentous atmosphere at a vision gala event. These are the ingredients. I mean, I tell this to people all the time. Your vision gala is actually not starting on that night. (laughs) Your vision gala is starting the day after the last vision gala. Oh, dang. And you're building credibility. You're building trust. You're Mm. building momentum. You're building anticipation through the way that you steward the, the series. Here's a way you steward givers. Help grow them spiritually. Challenge them. Don't just tell them what they want to hear. We have this like consumer Christianity. Challenge them Mm -hmm. in the things of God. Challenge them in the ways of God. Bring all the ties. Malachi 3.10, bring all the ties into the storehouse. See if I will not open up a window of heaven and pour out a blessing so great, you would not have room Mm. to contain it. What are the ingredients of that? That you have a storehouse. Is your church a place of spiritual feeding or is it just a place where people just come late with a Starbucks in hand? Who drinks Starbucks, by the way? Hello. Um, with a Starbucks in hand, Yes, casually, never getting challenged, never yeah. getting discipled, Wow, never getting formed into the ways of Jesus.
1: One thing that I'm thinking about as you're saying all that is the deadline it too, and how I have so frequently seen a church say, you know, this is what we're going after. Right. By when?
0: Right, right. Like, is this
1: just some vague, like, help us reach for the stars kind right, of thing? Right. I mean, even that verse you're talking about, isn't that based on the concept of there'd be seven years of thriving, seven years of famine? True. There's a deadline. Right. You have by this point to store up yeah. for it. And I think, also, I know a lot of competitive millennials. If you give us a deadline— Say less.
0: Love it. Love it. We want to go after that. that. Yeah.
1: So I want to talk about a concept that a lot of nonprofits do and hear your take. And if the church should also do this, the concept of thanking your donors.
0: Mm. Yeah. You know, I love just really quickly the deadline concept. Mm -hmm. Nothing gets done without a deadline. Um, The church space is notorious for being even a little bit. Apologetic around focusing on numbers. Mm. The Bible talks about numbers all the time. <laughs> the Bible talks about metrics all the time. They fed five thousand. How do you know it's five thousand? Somebody was counting, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Pentecost, you know, uh, people, you know, the Holy Spirit poured out on three thousand people, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, how do they know it's three thousand people? Somebody was counting. Anyways, um, I think that's important to your question about thanking donors, it's all contextual to your context. My pastor actually does a really good teaching on stop thanking people. Mm. It's actually not the language of the kingdom. Okay. Language of the kingdom is not thank you, right? Thank you has this connotation that I've arrived. We used to do this thing called volunteer of the quarter awards at our church. And every time we would get together as a a team, we would recognize somebody and we would thank them profusely. Thank you so much. And then we would never see them anymore. Oh. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I don't know, but maybe partly it was due to their feeling of arrived. If you go around every Sunday, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That is not the language of the kingdom. The language of the kingdom is when you get to heaven, well done, Mm. good and faithful Servant. Well done is much better language. Well done is not you've arrived, but keep going. Yeah. Well done is an appreciation, but you're not doing it for me. Thank you is like, thank you for doing it for me. Right. No, you're not serving on a Sunday. You're not giving for me.
1: Yeah.
0: That's literally not going into my bank account. That's literally not edifying me personally. Sure. You're doing it unto God. Yeah. So, not thank you for me. Well done. Keep doing it unto God.
1: So how do you differentiate that in your language when it comes to kingdom builders and mm. vision galas? Yeah. How does it not give people the essence of, look at us, go, we're such high capacity don't Obviously, they're not saying it in this way, but right. how do you balance that line yeah. of making people not feel like they've arrived, but also empowering them because of what they have done?
0: Yeah. I think it comes back to the impact. I think it comes down to really the language of a business person, right? The language of a business person is ROI, uh, return on investment. Mm -hmm. It's this idea, it's this concept that I don't want to see things as expenses. I want to see things as investments, And I want to understand the return on that. Obviously in the church context, you know, churches are 501c3 nonprofit organizations. We are not returning money and yielding a return Mm. capital-wise to the givers, but we should be returning impact, Mm. right? And uh, one of my mentors, Lee Domain of Church of the Highlands, he actually calls it EROI, an eternal return on investment that... You should be talking about not just numbers, but names. You should be talking about not just stats, but stories. Mm. In our vision gala, we don't just celebrate stats, we create distinct pieces where we can tell stories of life transformation yeah. that's actually happening at the church. And people are equally as excited in our church about the stats mm. as they are about the stories. Mm-hmm. And those all happen in the vision gala setting before even the ask. The ask is the last thing after we get done celebrating all God is already doing.
1: Wow. Now we're obviously going to dig a lot more into vision and stats in future episodes, but to put a bow on this, I think you are saying with a resounding yes, every church should do a vision gala.
0: Oh, if you're not doing a vision gala, you're definitely missing out. I want to be like the FOMO master. <laughs> Don't have a fear of missing out. Definitely talk to our team. Um, we can definitely help with setting up what that could look like, yeah. not just from a platform perspective, but from a personnel perspective. We consider ourselves subject matter experts in the realm of fundraising. I I, I wrote a whole book. Yeah, it. you did. Shameless plug. High growth fundraising. Best Silicon Valley way. That really just means how do you create catalytic campaigns? Vision Gala can be a catalytic moment, catalytic campaign for your church.
1: Love it. Thanks so much for listening to the Give It Up podcast. If you want to receive even more insights on church innovation, culture, and giving, now you can sign up for free to be an Overflow Insider where you'll receive exclusive content discounts, direct access to Vance Roush to get your questions answered, and also invite only access to our monthly fundraising leadership forums. Head to overflow.co backslash insider, or just click the link in our bio to sign up for free today. In order to get this podcast in the ears of even more church leaders, could you please subscribe and leave a review for the show? This tells the podcast players what people are enjoying and want to hear more of. And we are adamant about providing maximum value to even more church leaders. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.